Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be talking about Chris Roseborough of Pirate Christian Radio and the Fight for the Faith YouTube channel, if you're familiar with that. Chris Roseborough is someone I've looked up to in the past. I've, you know, used a lot of his work in the past, and I'll get a little bit more into that later when I talk about the article. But I'm going to be talking about how he's kind of debasing himself and he's kind of flipping over to the dark side if you get the Star Wars analogy because that's what I see. He's attacking a brother in the in the faith um, and he's defending inept leadership and liberal drift in the LCMS. And I have an issue with that. And as someone who's also a discernment blogger, I definitely feel qualified to speak on these issues and how someone who is a discernment blogger should be handling situations like this. So that's what we're going to be talking about, the fall of Chris Roseboro. But first, I want to let you know, Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary platform. You can support us over at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. Uh, this is our Patreon-like system. We don't use Patreon because they censor uh, Christians. So we built our own, so you can support us there. Otherwise, sign up for the free Evangelical Dark Web newsletter that gets you Christian news in your inbox, bypassing big tech censorship each and every day. But the least you can do is like this video, uh, subscribe to this channel, to this podcast. If you are new, this really helped with the magical algorithms. So we're going to be talking about Chris Roseboro in this article that I've written it's perhaps the longest article I've ever written, and I mean that by the length of the page, not the number of words that I've used. Because I have a lot of screenshots, a lot of images, a couple, uh, a video that I've embedded in the article. So it's kind of a long article from that perspective, but not too long for words. So anyway, as someone who is in discernment, ministry, I have great respect for those who came before. One such figure is Chris Rosebro of Pirate Christian the Fight for the Faith YouTube channel that has amassed 87.5 thousand subs, making it among the largest discernment channels on the platform. Indeed, Evangelical Dark Web has utilized Chris Rosebro's work in our research on numerous occasions, such as research on Stephen Furtick, Craig Rochelle, and Francis Chan. It's worth noting when I use the term narcissus, I got that from Chris Roseborough. I don't know if he came up with that, but I got it from him. However, the propensity for Chris Roseborough to go after low-hanging fruits is where Evangelical Dark Web distinguishes itself from Pirate Christian Radio. Yet a blind spot has emerged for Chris Roseborough that has him defending the liberal drift in his own theological camp, Lutheran, labeling opponents to this drift Bud Reich, a reference to neo-Nazi ideology and the domestic beer brand. So defense of weak leadership is the next subject we're going to be talking about. Last week, Evangelical Dark Web reported on the re-election of Matthew Harrison as president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, perhaps being the only non-Lutheran publication to do so. I, I, I don't know anyone else who covered this story, to be honest. That wasn't a Lutheran publication. When we reported on it, we noted the impotency of Harrison's leadership. We showed a, this clip of Matthew Harrison obfuscating pedophilia that he had an abomination in his heart as well. So we're going to play that clip for you. I might know a few sins of somebody who does uh, drag shows at the library. 
which is abominable. But I know my own heart. And there's much more abomination than that in it. So, uh, the clip was first exposed by Trouble Woe, one of the co-hosts of the Stone Choir podcast. More on that later. He graciously provided Evangelical Dark Web with the source of this clip, which was from an, uh, from an address titled The Present and Future of the Missouri Synod, which was delivered earlier this year by Matthew Harrison. Ironically, his obfuscation of pedophilia occurs as he brings up the idea that the online controversy facing the current church is unprecedented in church history. So a couple notes on that. So first of all, uh, you're going to notice that the e that LCMS always has to qualify any sort of uh, condemnation of the sin of homosexuality. They always have to qualify it, soft pedal it, equate it, and also it's worth noting that you know based on what Chris Rose or not Chris Rosebrook, based on what Matthew Harrison said, he shouldn't be a pastor if that's true with him. If that's still the way your heart is, are you really a new creation? So. You know, he shouldn't be a pastor if that's how he really is. So that that's just creepy. Shouldn't be a pastor if that's really how he is. Uh, if he really believes that about himself. It, it's just such weak, effeminate leadership. But I do got to say, that dude has the thickest mustache I think I've ever seen. So I do got to give some credit where credit is due. Anyway, uh, so this is a tweet where... Uh, Trouble Woe brought it up first. The LCMS response to Drag Queen Story Hour is even worse. That's in response to a William Wolf tweet. And William Wolf replies back, Pirate Christian hardest hit. And then Chris Rosebro goes on to say that Matthew Harrison sounds just like the Apostle Paul. And that's not exactly, you know, as you can see from 1 Timothy 1.15, he's talking about, Paul's talking about the state of his heart before he was saved, not after he was saved and president and an apostle. Like, you know, Paul's 10 years into his ministry, at least writing first Timothy 15. I'm lowballing there on purpose. Um, his heart's still not like that. So Chris Roseboro, although not LCMS himself, and that's something I really want to clarify. He's not Lutheran church, Missouri Synod. He is a Lutheran though celebrated the fourth re-election of Matthew Harrison. So Matthew Harrison been the LCMS uh, president a long time. Chris Roseboro sees the re-election of Matthew Harrison as a defeat for Bud Reich and a bold stance for orthodoxy in the LCMS. In Roseboro's defense, Harrison defeated an openly Marxist candidate to win re-election, but Roseboro has not articulated that. Moreover, this further demonstrates the point that there is a liberal drift in the LCMS that Rosebro is defending. Chris Rosebro uh, points to an article claiming that LCMS leadership is taking a bold stance against the woke agenda. He tweeted on J June 16th, Don't tell Bud Reich that the LCMS is calling for activism against the woke agenda. This will in fact ruin Dumpling's false narrative that the LCMS is woke. Now, I think Dumpling's a... Uh, Jewish born Roman Catholic now I I think that's who Dumpling is he's not uh, one of the uh, people we're going to be talking about in this video by the way so and then Eric Johnson I don't know who that is replies imagine thinking the LCMS is monolithic and can't be two things at the same at once 
And Chris Roseborough replies to that, if the top leadership of the LCMS is woke as Bud Reich stupidly claims, then they would not tolerate official publications of the LCMS to be used to call for activism against the woke agenda. Well, we'll see what types of uh, things that the LCMS does tolerate in a second here. So the article that that Rosebro cites is a stand against the woke agenda and Marxism published in June 2023, which is hardly early in the fight against the social justice gospel, but is the most bold article on the LCMS magazine. Yet, in 2020, the same LCMS publication published an article arguing that the Black Lives Matter riots, destruction of Christian monuments and churches, were unrelated to the BLM movement because black Americans are more religious. This is actually what they argued, and I have the link to the article in the article. So, indeed, overt wokeness is not as popular right now as the other prongs of the social justice gospel, um, that being feminism and homosexuality, which take a center stage. Meanwhile, the liberals in their own denomination amass over 30% of the Lutheran electorate without resistance. Additionally, the LCMS is tolerating gay imagery from their Florida associations and their partner ministry, Lutheran Lutheran Counseling Services, which is also a partner of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, the liberal Lutheran denomination. Now, I'm not sure how to, uh, just as a side note, I'm not sure how to uh, describe the partnership because they use you know different words for each denomination. Like how they describe their affiliation with the LCMS is different than how they describe it with the ECLA, ELCA. Just to you know put a side note on that. But uh, back to that 30% number that I bring up, that's just in reference to the guy who lost to Matthew Harrison. That guy was an open Marxist. So he got 30%. There was other candidates in the race. They didn't do a background check on every other candidate uh, that received under 5%. So uh, just so we're clear. So this is LCMS Florida, Georgia District, basically uh, tweeting out gay, or this isn't Twitter. This is Facebook, I think. Gay imagery. Uh, in remembrance of the Pulse uh, nightclub shooting. So they're celebrating homosexuality tacitly here. Uh, And then we also have Trouble Woe, again, pointing out that the LCS is the same Lutheran counseling services, which which itself is literally LCMS, uh, Florida, Georgia District, Hide Your Children. Um, So basically saying that the Lutheran uh, church counseling services aren't trustworthy that's the point that trouble woe is trying to get across because again they're doing groom groups or something like that so that's what this is uh they're doing groom groups which is what rick warren's church was doing so and another thing we can talk about is harrison's june encouragement so he put out like a five minute video encouraging people in the month of june uh Yet this video downplayed what Pride Month is and spent most of the time talking about the Holocaust. It's quite clear that at best the LCMS has weak leadership that fails to understand the times. Let's not even talk about what the at worst is. So again, you're doing a video on Pride Month, a Christian encouragement in Pride Month, and you're talking about the Holocaust. Come on, man. 
So enter Ryan Turnipseed, a young adult taking interest in the church. Ryan Turnipseed published a thread back in January regarding his findings with the LCMS new edition of the of Lutheran's larger catechism, which includes new annotations which drift in a liberal direction. So we're going to read some of the tweets by Ryan Turnipseed. Uh, just for brevity's sake, we're not going to read every single block quote that he points out. But Ryan Turnipsey tweeted, The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod just put out a new edition of Luther's Larger Catechism, one of the main books used to teach people about Christianity and what it means to be a Christian. And he has a bunch of criticisms of this uh, uh, catechism, and they're, they're not in any particular order. First, we have the LCMS speaking for conservative Lutherans, entirely denying self-defense and bearing arms being moral. So they take a very Tim uh, John Piper-ish stance here, which again, not biblical whatsoever. And uh, it's worth noting that I sampled some of these tweets. So these aren't every single tweet in this thread, but I am picking out some highlights here to drive home the, you know, to summarize some of the points that uh, Ryan Termsey was making. Next we have an, Equivocation of homosexuality, pornography, sodomy, pedophilia, whorishness, and transgenderism with heterosexual fornication outside of sex. Um, That is, the LCMS can't say sodomy is evil without softening it with, but so is straight sex before marriage, which is very true uh, in pretty much everything I've seen out of Matthew Harrison. Here we have the new catechism affirming the reality behind transgenderism, saying that it is, in fact, real and can be described by those pushing it. As described by those pushing it, this is a complete denial of God's creation, but that shouldn't be surprising. Also listen to the new catechism is, um, this one I actually will highlight. Some Christians sense themselves as the gender or sex opposite of their physical sex. Other Christians are sexually attracted to individuals of the same sex. So very problematic issue there. Uh, He's not framing this as a sin issue or they aren't framing it as a sin issue. They are framing this as a biological issue uh, and and a mental issue, which which, yeah, some of these are. But the idea that you're identifying Christians with their sin uh, it, it, it's very, it's very much ide- creating a category of homosexual Christian, which we will see later on. That's right. The conservative, this is Turnip Seed's thread continues. The conservative confessional Lutherans are saying that Genesis is entirely separate from any scientific theories. The LCMS once held up gener- Genesis as literal, but is now trying to bring up science into Genesis, which I guess was just a metaphor. So basically, the idea of um, uh, basically what Turnipseed's saying here is that, and I believe he does say this somewhere else, is that no one brings up, you know, Genesis isn't a science textbook unless to say that Genesis can't be trusted with the creation narrative. That's just not how that argument is brought up. Because most people understand what Genesis is and isn't. They don't assume that Genesis is you know, describing how God set forth uh, Newton's laws of physics and, you know, the laws of thermodynamics. They understand that that's not what Genesis is. But when people say that Genesis isn't about, you know, scientific theories and all that other stuff, 
they're talking about it not being you know, they're talking about genesis being metaphor that's ultimately the conclusion that they're trying to draw furthermore along the path of denying god's creation we have here another complete affirmation of the framework pushed by trans activists furthermore it is sinful um is a new it is if this is sinful it is a new special category of sin that apparently has nothing to do with what has been done or undone so one of the criticisms that he makes is that the LCMS treats a lot of sin as a burden as opposed to a sin. So also in the new catechism, and he reiterates that we can't just say sodomy is sinful. We have to know we still have to soften it with, but so too is lechery. But we also delude people into thinking that you can be without sin and feel the same love towards some same sex towards the same sex as the opposite so so basically you know having the same amount of love for the same sex as you do the opposite sex and be without sin um and the thing that he highlights is another quote saying all homosexual activity is sinful just as all heterosexuality heterosexual activity outside of marriage is a sin yes it's true um but that's not relevant to being said uh, if you're talking about the issue of homosexuality on its own, you don't need to equate, you don't need to qualify your your uh, condemnation of a sin here. You don't have to do that just because it's popular or unpopular, depending on what perspective you want to take. Uh, fitting the theme, Turnip C continues, we have utter and complete downplaying of the satanic forces and malicious collaborations behind both transgenderism and sodomy. The new catechism instead opts to treat them as emergent burdens, not... Um, sinful actions committed by sinful people, but burdens. And then also in the catechism, we have the LCMS adopting the atheist anthropological assertions regarding relegating guilt and innocence to Christian society, which apparently is not absolute biblical truth, but uh, just culture so that ministering to migrants and heathens is easier. Uh, and then below that, he also talks about in the new Catechism, we have a classic gentrification is bad because inequality. Such dishonesty is frankly a trap because of in, such improvements weren't made. This article wouldn't instead be lambasting evil neglect and not gentrification. So again, gentrification is apparently sinful in the new catechism. Additionally, uh, some of the stuff I left out were some of these essays that explicitly talk about social justice which is a loaded term, has always been a politically loaded term that had a specific uh, reasoning and definition and context in identity politics. There is not a Christian version of social justice. It is a political term, always has been, always will be. So a consistent pattern in the LCMS is that they must qualify any condemnation of homosexuality by treating it equal to another sin, i.e. fornication, despite the fact that <clears throat> not all sins are equal. <clears throat> the new catechism affirms tenets of side B theology like homosexual identity by using the term homosexual Christian. So I'll read this excerpt right here. However, though some of us are burdened with homosexual lust, pornographic addiction, transgenderism, pedophilia, and polyamory more often, they are a, the speck in our neighbor's eyes rather than the log in our own. For decades, if we didn't wink at fornication, we certainly turned our eyes 
from it as long as the acts performed outside of marriage were heterosexual ones. Uh, that is in the catechism, really. The biggest spark in this thread appears to be the misuse of Matthew 7, uh, th verses 3 through 5, to call pedophilia a speck in your neighbor's eyes. Ryan Turnipseed wanted to bring attention to this and encourage polite feedback to Matthew Harrison to, sp to stop the liberal drift in the denomination. Harrison paused before affirming the woke catechism annotations. Ryan Turnipseed would find agreement on this issue, keyword here, this issue, with Corey Mahler and Treble Woe, who would amplify his message along with the Christian nationalist crowd, most of whom outside of the LCMS. So what was the response to Turnipseed's actions? A church disciplinary process. Part of the reason for the discipline was the association Turnipseed had with Corey Mahler and Treble Woe. Corey Mahler was a Lutheran priest who was thrown out of the LCMS over his views on race and modern Judaism. Mahler detests interracial marriage as ending a bloodline of an ancestor, but ultimately concludes it is not a sin per se. His stance on opposing interracial marriage, support for segregation, and a belief in the curse of Ham has garnered him a reputation of being a neo-Nazi. These views made Mahler a low-hanging fruit for the LCMS establishment and much of punch-right evangelicalism to go after and virtue signal about how they aren't racist, as religious establishments are wont to do, even though prudence would have not elevated someone with such a small platform. Like, seriously. Corey Muller used to have only 2,000 followers on Twitter, and I'll mention his follower count now. Uh, Treble Woe is an Anon who has not said near the controversial things that Muller ha has, not Muller, uh, yet co-host the Stone Choir podcast with uh, Mahler. Mahler is a Twitter account with 3,000 followers. And Treble Woe, just below that, courtesy in large part to the amplifying platform that Chris Roseboro's 19,000 follower account has provided. Turnipseed has over 7,000 followers due to his heavy lifting on the catechism and his much broader appeal. Ryan Turnipseed is a libertarian who is against National Socialism. Despite engaging with and debating the Stone Choir crew, he was labeled as one of them, even by Chris Rosebro. So, on May 26, uh, 2023, obviously, uh, Turnipseed tweeted this. Last Sunday, if, <clears throat> after creating this thread in reference to the... Uh, uh, the January thread, I was placed under a minor ban by email with no inf no new information or explanation given to me. Uh, of Two of the five charges are directly tied to the criticisms of the LCMS's new catechism, despite previous assurances. So they went after Ryan Turnipseed in the LCMS. Chris Rosebro would tout this retaliatory action taken by the LCMS. Uh, on May 26th, same day, Chris Rosebro tweeted, Ryan Turnipseed is under the minor ban. This is one of the steps of the church discipline of church discipline in the LCMS for being one of the arsonists responsible for the large catechism fire. Note, 
Ryan is one of the is the one who has gone public with this. He has even provided documentation of the official charges. Pray for Ryan, his pastor, and his congregation. So we have a little bit of concern trolling there. Um, and William Wolf uh, does get back at uh, Chris Rosebro here. You oppose this, right, Chris? This is clearly political retaliation for him rightly pointing out the unbiblical compromises in the proposed catechism. Chris Rosebro responds, doubling down, saying Ryan is not a victim of political retaliation. He is a perp. He is guilty of breaking God's command. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor by creating a false narrative that leadership and top theologians of the LCMS are woke, pro-homosexual, pro-trans, and pro-pedophilia. Ryan is a rhetorical arsonist along with Mahler and Woe and is being called to repent of his sins. Again, these aren't sins. Chris Rosebro did get heavily ratioed for going after Ryan Turnipseed, and you'd love to see that. Um, I just, he, he clowns himself on Twitter all the time, even engaging with Corey Mahler, who's low-hanging fruit. Uh, he'll still say stupid things uh, in, in those threads because he doesn't want to appear racist or anti-Semitic. Uh, so the, the latter of which I find really, uh, you know, I guess Lutherans got a virtue signal in a Lutheran way, if you know what I'm saying. So again, Turnipseed took point on this issue, taking the heat for arson, while the so-called Mahlerites amplified his message. Additionally, in an interview with John Harris, uh, which you should go watch that interview, I, I do link it here, uh, Turnipseed quipped that associating with Democrats is far worse than associating with neo-Nazis who have no ability to carry out their wicked ideology. And I agree with that. Uh, again, Ryan Turnipseed, if you listen to him, isn't, you know, super fiery with his rhetoric. You know, he might be barbed and pointed, but he isn't like uh, calling down fire from heaven and, you know, anything like that he's actually kind of mild mannered in his tone. And we're, we're about to talk about more about the, uh, Corey Mahler and trouble. Whoa. Speaking of rhetoric, they are NPR level. Like that is their tone. Like who would have thought that, you know, these big, bad white supremacists would be NPR in their delivery of their information, but maybe that's their appeal. I, I guess, um, I, I did do, research on a lot of the parties involved here. So next we're going to talk about piracy against Christian nationalism, which is a nod to pirate Christian radio of Chris Roseborough in a strategically unwise move. Chris Roseborough would shine a microscope on the obscure stone choir podcast, making it representative of Christian nationalism, often call, calling it white Christian nationalism. Uh, and it, it, it's worth mentioning he doesn't always add the white in front of it to distinguish it as a separate ideology. Corey Mahler is by no means recognized as a thought leader of Christian nationalism, yet Chris Rosebro has propped up some Anons who have started a blog to go after Mahler, Woe, and Turnipseed with the stated purpose of contending for the Christian faith against the threats of Marxism, fascism, and so-called Christian nationalism. So again, they also don't uh, distinguish between Mahler's ideology and Christian nationalism at his, as it is properly and popularly understood. Chris Rosebro rejects the idea that a nation is tied to a race of people, even though that is biblically what a nation is. 
any casual reading of Genesis would, should come to this conclusion that nations in the Bible are named after their patriarchs, like Israel and Egypt. Yet because Muller also believes that the curse of Ham applies to black people, getting rid of slavery was a mistake and interracial marriage is an affront to the fifth commandment, therefore his view on what a nation is is incorrect. This is a logical fallacy that Chris Roseborough often commits in his uh, weighing in on the Stone Choir podcast and their beliefs. Using the early Christian fathers to argue against the idea that multiculturalism points to Babel, as Roseboro does in his podcast on Christian nationalism, is also fallacious as the modern terminology was not existent back then. Yet many Christians believe that the United Nations is a force for evil and that an antichrist will recreate Babel with a one-world government. These views might not be correct, but they aren't out of bounds for a believer. So, let's just add some more context to this. Chris Rosebro put out two long podcasts on uh, Mahler and Woe and what they believe at Stone Choir and the art views articulated at Stone Choir. I am going to assume that he sl- sampled some of the worst of their content, which some of it was bad, but... He brought in a lot of the uh, stuff that was outside of the podcast sphere as well. Um, I listened to that at 2x speed because Chris Rosebro is a very slow talker. And does and in the first episode, he makes the argument that saying that one application of Genesis 11 is that multi, you know, this push for a multicultural society is a nod to Babel, uh, which is what Mueller is articulating. That's a steel man of Mueller's position. And I think there's actually something to that. Um, Chris Rosebro is essentially saying that that's a heretical view of the text. That, that's a heretical interpretation or even application. Um, again, Chris Rosebro does use a straw man in that text. In the second episode, he talks a lot about the curse of ham fallacy, which again, yeah, anyone who reads the uh, book of Genesis knows that the curse of ham is really a curse on Canaan. And, yeah, Chris Rosebro does a decent job at refuting that, but again, he doesn't actually come out with the full uh, content that he uh, does come out with. Uh, he, he promised a lot of episodes on that. He has not delivered on that, but again, I understand that you have a bunch of projects going on, uh, I guess, responding to uh, Sarah J- Jakes Roberts is a very pressing as is responding to uh, 3000 follower Twitter accounts. So with that said, Uh, Part of what separates Christian nationalists from post-World War II ideology is that they recognize that a nation is a people and a place, not an idea. Chris Roseborough attacks these ideas by using Corey Mahler as a punching bag. Initially, I I excuse, not accused, Roseborough's obsession with Mahler as intra-Lutheran battle. So that's what I thought it was. Yet, Roseborough is not LCMS. He is a discernment blogger weighing in on the LCMS. As someone who is also in discernment, I find it hypocritical for a discernment blogger to dismiss with prejudice someone who brings up concerns over errant teaching in the church. That person was literally every discernment blogger at one point in time. But not only to dismiss these valid concerns of a liberal drift, for which ample evidence evidence can be provided, but to defend inept leadership turning a blind eye to these concerns is a step more uh, a step towards becoming more of a Ruslan KD or an Alan Parr. 
it's easy to call out Stephen Furtick and Kenneth Copeland. It's a waste of time, however, to spend so much effort on Corey Mahler. However, it is a detriment to go after Ryan Turnipseed and moreover celebrate his misfortune. And for what does one disbase himself? Why is Chris Roseborough doing this? And the only answer I have is the virtue of not being called racist. This is the moment where Chris Roseborough went from discernment blogger to regime apologist, defending the spineless leadership of the LCMS. This is a saddening development for which of which I write, and now do this video on, and is a pitfall that I too may face if I ever become too conceited in maintaining professional con connections. But I also write this and do this in defense of Ryan Turnipseed, who has been maliciously maligned in pursuit of pure doctrine. So that's the article that I wrote on this issue. And that's most of what I got to say about this. And it's, and it's worth noting, I, I don't get it. Like, and because usually if you're a discernment blogger, you should be like somewhat of an outsider to all these religious establishments because they don't like you. But nonetheless, uh, I don't know what sway Chris Roseborough has in the LCMS. He's not LCMS himself. It's also worth noting that yeah, he's very obsessed with this issue, even though he lives in North Dakota, um, which is a very white state. So he, he has a lot to say on the issue of racism, I guess from personal experience or something like that. But I didn't go after Chris Roseborough when he was doing online communion. Uh, I didn't even weigh in on that. I, saw, I knew what his arguments were. I didn't necessarily agree with where, all the things that he was doing there, but I didn't really go after him for that because I understood why he was doing that. I don't understand why he's going after Ryan Turnipseed. That's inexcusable. I don't understand why he's defending weak leadership that is going to run the LCMS down a cliff. Doesn't matter how good your mustache is, if you have to keep soft pedaling and downplaying how bad uh, you know, sodomy is, if you have to keep doing that, you're an issue. You're weak. You're effeminate. You know, the 2013, 2012 megachurch pastor that only wants to grow an audience wants their tactic back. So why, why is this being defended, much less by a defend, uh, discernment ministry? So these are some frustrations that I have. Um, I mean, again... I, I can't take Chris Roseborough seriously much longer, if at all, anymore. And I'm not going to encourage any action or call to action on your behalf. These are my views. I'm telling a story uh, here and a lot of evidence cited. And you can go to the uh, podcast that Chris Roseborough did on uh, Mahler and you can watch those. I recommend it 2x speed. Uh, put his arguments in there. He, he also promoted his own blog to attack these people, which uses some very poor argumentation to attack Turnipseed and Mueller and Woe a lot of the times. So anyway, that's all I got to say. I digress a little bit. Have a blessed day and we will catch you on the next one.